Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about taking managing the client experience to the next level. With the help of special guest, Jeremy Kelly of Back Construction in Lexington, Kentucky. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. As I always do, please send in ideas. Uh, today's guest actually volunteered, so uh, that was a great way to make this happen. Uh, I am processing another request from a guest, so uh, please send them in. Love to have your ideas to Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So the client from hell, that's what we call them. And by doing that, we automatically lay all the responsibility for any trouble that we've had on the job site at their feet. Well, let me just ask you a couple of questions. What were they like in the sales process? When did they become the client from hell rather than just a tough client? Was there anything that you did in the production process that created distrust in their mind? Was there anything that you could have done to avoid their migration from yeah, maybe admittedly being a tough client to being that one that just gives you a lot of trouble? And so my experience is that somewhere in the production process, something has happened and we lose them. Uh, and and we have to find out what that is. We have to take responsibility for our side of the relationship with a client. And then there's the problem of keeping good health. You know, people mysteriously up and give notice. I don't know how many times I've had project production managers call me and go like, I just lost two people. I had no idea it was going to happen, right? And so it just kind of happens. And from the manager's perspective, Everything was going well, but still something in the employee's head, you know, causes them to leave. Now, in almost all of these cases, the employee says it's about more money. But my belief is that the money is the tangible thing that we can kind of use as the excuse. And so, again, I just asked the question, what made them even start looking? You know, what is it that kind of pushed them out of the nest when the relationship used to be pretty good? And now, for some reason, they're going, hey, I, I want to go someplace else. Now, admittedly, sometimes it is just the money, but I don't think that's true most of the time. So in these next couple episodes, we're going to be talking with our guest about how personality and communication, interact with each other, with both our external clients and our internal clients. And it's probably, it's been a great revelation for me to think of people that way. You have internal clients and you have external clients. So Steve, let's jump into this because this is going to be fun. Let's do it. So Jeremy Kelly has been in the residential remodeling business for over 20 years from owning his own design build company to currently serving as the director 
of the remodeling division for back construction, having joined the company four years ago. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, this is going to be fun. So like we always do, Jeremy, why don't you just give everybody a little bit of a taste of back construction and exactly what your role is there? Okay. Well, uh, back started 40 years ago with a single vision to, to build homes in the Lexington area uh, that people would uh, adore, you know, and uh, those services have shifted over to just primarily a focus on remodeling. Um, but we still want to have nice homes, nice projects that people adore. So um, now, you know, 15, 20 years ago, started um, going into a couple of different divisions, developing a few different divisions. So uh, we can, we've been completing over a thousand projects per year uh, between five divisions. And that's we have a remodeling division, windows and doors, handyman, roofing and an architecture and design division. Man, that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> all those, all those divisions. Now, are you are you only in charge of the remodeling side, or are you responsible for the windows and doors and everything else? Well, I primarily focus on the remodeling side of things. So um, it's kind of a unique role where I've, I serve as a production manager and a director of remodeling. So. You know, both the director and the manager role. So I'm managing employees, some projects, I'm still managing some clients, but I also where they have direct about managing the managers as well, the project managers. That's really cool, Jeremy. So, you know, on this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about using temperament and personality and how do you communicate effectively with people if you understand a little bit more about who they are. Now, I know you guys use what um, has become known as the DISC uh, temperaments. What is that? And, and maybe how do you use it? Well, DISC, the DISC assessment is one of the more popular temperament assessments. Okay. So you've got like Myers-Briggs, you've got some other ones out there, but it's simple. I think fairly easy to use. Um, and it helps identify what your most do like your dominant and recessive temperaments are. All right. How you think, how you like to be communicated with to, um, and, and it, it helps you understand more about yourself, right. And what makes you tick and how you understand things. But it also is very insightful, um, of, of, of seeing what other people, um, the, the temperaments of others, especially the people you work around, and seeing how they what what makes them tick, how they like to be communicated with, what motivates them. So, a lot of uh, there's consultant firms out there that will help you go through this process and learn more, go into the details with it. So, not only do you figure out what the dominant and recessive temperaments are for each person, but they also do a blend. They show you what the blend is for those temperaments and what how you can motivate each person by speaking their language. Right. So. Uh, once you understand more about yourself, you can you learn more about others and how they tick. You're able to increase the effectiveness of your communication. So just being sure that we state this out loud and so everybody can hear it. We're not talking about learning about people or maybe pigeonholing people so we can control them better. We're talking about identifying some traits so that we can communicate or motivate more effectively. Is that right? 
That's very so spot on. So, you know, some people will go to the, the point of saying, hey, I want this temperament to be a project manager. That's all I want to hire. What I found, I've got project managers of a few different temperaments and they all do well, you know, but say like one project manager is a high C, he's very conscientious. Okay. So that this profile, you go the high D, the D in disc is stands for dominance. They're direct results oriented, firm, strong willed, kind of forceful. Right. So a C in disc is conscientious. Um, so they're analytical reserved, like private, uh, systematic. So if I have a project manager that loves the numbers game, like Hasis do more of the engineer type, I'll spend more time with him going through his numbers uh, than I might do with the high D because the high D they can drive a project home. And, uh, but sometimes those little details are tough to get through with them. Right. So, you know, to get meat on the bone with our conversation, I have to tailor the way I communicate with them. And it's just, it, it all plays into that servant leadership mentality. Like how can I serve uh, my coworkers by trying to communicate with them the way that they understand best. So the, so the goal really is to know somebody else so you can adapt because uh, it seems that seems like such a foreign thing in our world. I mean, I just envision project managers, production managers, business owners, all thinking like, hey, I'm in charge here. You got to adapt to me. So mm -hmm. give us a little bit more about that, you know, servant leadership thing, and especially internally with a company. Why are you as a manager trying, I mean, you're in charge. Why are you trying to adapt to somebody else? Well, I, I think you get you get more camaraderie, you get more buy-in and from everyone around you when you do this, you know, you, you try to speak their language. And so, for example, my boss, the owner, one of the two owners, um, he is a high D, you know, to the T, like, and he wants things to the point first, get your point across very first. If we want to get time, and if it sounds interesting, let's go on and explain it from there. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, um, uh, you know, some other temperaments like to have some more information background before they get to that point. For me in a weekly meeting, for me to understand that and how he thinks through things and how he understands how he wants to be communicated with has helped, you know, our meetings tremendously. And then it's been reciprocated by him. So he's went through the same training and all of a sudden he's, he's like, I'm trying to do this. You know, I'm trying to tailor how I come across because I'm a high S and high S's are tend to explain a little bit more than a D likes to hear. So I'm just going in trying to serve him and give him the information in the way that he wants to hear it. And then all of a sudden that person sees it and you see they're trying to make an effort um, of serving them and also communicating well with them the way they want their information provided. And then it comes back. Right. So that's what all that, that teamwork you're trying to improve and trying to get that team going. You need actions like that to get everyone on board. Um, or at least that helps get everyone on board. So you, you hinted at something there that I think makes it really, really effective. And that is you kind of, you kind of slid it through that your boss um, has received the training too. And Correct. it sounds to me like 
it really does help if the whole team is engaged in thinking this way, because again, I can imagine, you know, trying hard to adapt myself. And then if no one else is doing it, it feels like I'd just be putting out and they wouldn't be. I don't know if that's a reasonable uh, <laughs> way to look at it, but if it would feel that way to me, I think. Is that, is that kind of a true statement? Well, yes, but I think um, like any, anybody in leadership position or you know, being a manager or a director, you're constantly pushing forward with what the right thing to do is, and you're hoping to get everyone else to follow along. And they sometimes they don't understand what's going on, but they see something's there's something right about it. So, and then I, I bring up the uh, temperament blends in our production meetings uh, about once a quarter and just kind of remind everyone, all our production managers and even uh, other staff of what their temperaments are. We've created a spreadsheet to show everyone in the company or at least office staff from design to everyone in the office especially has we got a spreadsheet i've got a pen right beside my desk and it shows everyone's temperaments you know <laughs> wow <laughs> wow so i know uh, i mean everybody that listens to the show knows that i have conversations with the guests before we get on just to make sure we're all clear about where we're going and there were two things that you emphasize to me in those conversations that I'd like you to address. And I'm just going to remind you to make sure that, again, we're on the same page. But one of them was that you think that the this looking at the temperaments helps create like being a better listener. And that's mm -hmm. that's one of the things. And then the second thing you've already alluded to, but I want you to dig into it a little bit further. And that is like knowing yourself better. And so if you would just start with the idea that that these look at these temperaments uh, helps you be a better listener or you have to be a better listener. Maybe it would be another way. Start with that one and then we'll get to the next one. OK, yeah. Um, so through a recent training I went through, um, I did not know that um, or has brought to my attention that only seven percent of uh, what you communicate actually comes to the actual words that are spoken. Okay. So 55% is through body language. 38% is through tonality and uh, seven is seven percent is words. Now, when I say that it's all, it's really important that we communicate well. Okay. So, and with that to communicate well, I was like, why don't we communicate better? Like why do some people have a tough time communicating? And one of the easiest things we can attack there and improving our communication skills with our clients, because we all know customers are expecting more and more a higher level of service every year. Right? So we've got to not just pro provide a great product, but a great service. And um, so listening is key. So listening to understand, not listening to reply. A lot of us need your reaction. I'm listening. I want to give an answer. I want to fix this right now. You know, probably goes with marriage counseling as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they want to, we need to listen to understand. So, and one of the ways I was able to get the guys thinking about more is be listening for our clients uh, temperament and, and, and our coworkers' temperament. So our guys in the field, you know, we've got a lot of staff uh, in the field and we didn't do temperament tests for those, but I did task all our project managers to try to assess what temperament blend uh, or temperament each one of our field staff has so that we can communicate with the field staff better. 
So they had to listen to how they would speak and how they would ask questions, uh, all that stuff. And so, was- so just getting back a little bit to, you know, you talked about your boss and being high D and what, so let's just suppose, and I know a lot of field staff is a high, higher C's and higher S's, mm-hmm. uh, but what, what kinds of things would a project manager be listening for to find out, to kind of see where somebody is on that? And, and maybe what cues would it be like, okay, with this person, I need to communicate like this. Do you have any examples like that you can share with us? Right. I can. So we have, you know, a Lee Carpenter that's been with us for about 30 years and he is more of a high D um, Lee Carpenter, what mm-hmm. we call as a working supervisor. So, you know, you get through four or five bullet points on a project with him and that's as far as he wants to go with the conversation, maybe three bullet points, giving the rest of the information and say, Hey, let's meet back up on Thursday and review the rest of it. Okay. So He's like, hey, when do we want to get done? Why can't get started with, you know, that? So now a lot of our high C's uh, working supervisors, lead carpenters, some of them are higher C's than others that where they really want to know the nuts and bolts of the details of this project. And they can go through it all and spend an hour conversation with you going through it all. Okay. So I know going in with a high D temperament that I, with works with lead carpenter that, I'm not going in with a ton of information. It's a bite-sized information, a general overview from 20,000 feet. And then let's set up a meeting the next day or, you know, soon thereafter to get more meat on the bone. So So you might actually change the format of a one-on-one meeting Mm -hmm. because you know the temperament of the other person. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's exactly right. That project walkthrough, especially the first walkthrough, yeah, it is, it, that's where it really uh, takes place. Probably, you know, you're most focused on that, getting that project started on the right foot, and you're not frustrating that lead carpenter working supervisor there on the first get go because he's just getting frustrated because you've went through much detail, or he may be getting frustrated because you didn't give him enough detail. You know? Yeah, you know, I I pride myself, and I tell people I'm not a one size fits all you know kind of consultant that goes in your business, but I think maybe I've fallen into that one size fits all for like handoff meetings and things like that without thinking about right. that each of a company's lead carpenters, project managers may be different. And so maybe that meeting needs to be tailored just a bit to meet that personality. This is, this is, a, this is great. Absolutely. Well, the other Fantastic. big one we found with our field staff is since there's so many high C's there, yep. um, you got to use the way say the, you, you use the criticism two step. Okay, (laughs) because they take criticism very hard. So you appreciate their efforts and then ask if they think your suggestion or idea would be an improvement. Okay. Okay. But a D, a high D doesn't necessarily take criticism bad. He's just like, what do you want to do about it? Let's do it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, Jeremy, that leads me to basically a question of tolerance of how do you, how do you kind of teach tolerance in the company to know, to not get offended by a D or, or their direct mm-hmm. communication style? Well, I think just understanding yourself and understanding how other people are wired is the biggest uh, hurdle. So once you, you can understand where they're coming from more and have more of understanding that uh, people are just wired differently and how they like to communicate with, that's the biggest hurdle 
Because if you don't understand that, you don't understand where they're coming from, you can easily get offended, right? Yeah. So it's easier for you to have more grace on someone if you know where they're coming from. And then so talk a little bit about the second point I wanted to, to hit, and that was knowing yourself better. What, what does that have to do with all this temperament stuff and this communication mm-hmm. stuff? Well, you know, like I said, there's several different tests out there. And even the DISC assessment, you've, there's a, elaborate versions of this assessment that take on different levels. So, and, and if you really go down the de- depths of it, it can give you some really insightful information about yourself, like what triggers frustration, anger, how you like to be communicated with, all these things in there. So, and then it's, it gets wheels moving that weren't moving before, you know, and then you start understanding how you work and operate and, and you're able to be proactive about certain situations coming up forward. Right. So, and that alone just gives you a lot of tools. It's just another tool in the tool bag for you to do your job well and able to help others do their job even better. Yeah. It seems like the more, you know, about how you like to communicate or at least are aware of it, you know, you kind of, and then knowing how that impacts other people is going to make a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. So you've already alluded to it a little bit, Jeremy, but, you know, all this seems a little bit complicated for someone who's either trying to run a business or trying to run a production department with even even 10 people out in the field, whereas you've got 30 or 40 or more, you know, how do you how, how can you get a grip on all this? What have you guys done to help you make it reality for your company? Well, first and foremost, is just getting acquainted with, you know, this subject. Okay. So it's not like I'm having the guys or a lot of staff pull these information out every week. It's just the something we think and uh, understand how we can serve each other better. So, um, you know, we talk about, for me, my primary objective is to bring this up early and often in several of the production meetings. Okay. Uh, just so the project managers are continue to think about this and how they can serve the clients and our team. Because, you know, with production and, and project management design build, especially, you're working with designers, you're working with our architect, you're working with the sales professional, the client, the subcontractors. I mean, you've got to manage and deal with a lot of different people with a whole wide variety of temperaments, right? So um, it, it is definitely a skill that uh, we continue to need to work on and uh, it helps us get there. So, so have, you ever, have you ever been in the middle of a conversation and you just like call the time out and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I need to back up and address this a little bit different. Has that ever happened? I'm just thinking I can see myself, you know, kind of going into it and then going like, Hey, I'm not getting through. I need to back up and remember this information about how they like to be communicated and how I communicate. Well, one of the, um, the great best examples I can think of is where we try to initiate some kind of change, right? A process and SOP is going to get changed. Well, my first thing is I identify the people are going to have the toughest time with the change. Okay. And that plays in with certain temperaments. Again, those S's, the high S's, they're stable. They're, they're steady. Uh, you can count on them, but they like things to stay the same. 
you know, so if you start changing things around, it, it throws them, they get some whirlwind, you know, kicking up more than a high D and the high D is just like, let's get to it. Let's go to the next thing. And we'll let somebody else worry about the details. Let's go for it. You know? So that's where you you really identify the players involved when you especially have change and understanding how they want to go about doing change and continual improvement is something we're, we're big on here. So. Right. Oh, that's really cool. I think, I think the idea of just looking like that, looking at change and then going like, you know what, some people are going to have a harder time with it. So let's deal with them differently mm-hmm. as opposed to, again, it's not one size fits all. And we're just going to introduce this to everybody in a room. We're going to tell them what we're doing and then they have to do it. You know, yeah, it's, right. it's a, it's a deeper connection, I guess, that, that's necessary for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see that uh, what different temperaments, how they react to different things and, and changes. But I've also thought it was really interesting to see, like, no matter what temperament you are, you can still be productive. You can still do great at what you do. So I don't want to make sure other people understand that you don't have to be this hotty driver to drive a project home. The other guys can do it. And for whatever reason, they make it happen. They'll overcompensate. They'll realize their weaknesses. And the other big thing is to realize your weaknesses, right? So that's a, right. that's a whole thing itself. And they'll, over, they'll, they'll, they'll still get it done and do it well. They just are stronger in certain things than others, right? Yeah, like I know for myself, I'm a pretty low D. But there are times when I have to tell a pretty high D that they need to do something different. And, you know, I can look at that as a conflict and I can run away from it because that's typical for the low D. Or I can go like, hey, Tim, you know who you are, you know, step up to the plate. This is important. You got to make sure you, you know, follow through on these things. So it really does, you know, make a difference in terms of knowing yourself and having an idea about how other people uh, communicate. Well, Jeremy, let, let, we're going to wrap up episode one here. Um, any little last minute nuggets on maybe just the whole temperament thing or maybe a story about, you know, back and how, you know, this has really made a big difference. You've been telling them all along as we go, but maybe a, another one that kind of gives us some some ideas and then we'll uh, address the more external client in the next episode. Sure. Well, I think um, one example comes to mind is it was dealing with being able to coach up your project managers and using this temperament test, right? So I've got a couple um, high S um, project managers and they like things steady. They don't like to rock the boat a whole lot, but they have to push their guys sometimes to get something done. They've got to push the schedule. And I know from that temperament, they have a tough time doing that. They want to be almost, a, you know, they can get it done, but almost too much of a peacemaker. Okay. And it's like, if they understand that, them just being direct to them thinks that may be kind of mean, but to other people, they're just like, Oh, thanks for telling me being very direct. That's why I want it, you know? So helping them understand that can help them produce more and just be more effective with the way they communicate. Well, this has been a fantastic introduction. I know you would be uh, second to say it is only an introduction. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate you taking some time and being with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Thanks for having me. And this is a, a really fantastic topic and I'm looking forward to the next episode, but um, 
I, I don't know. I'm kind of blown away by a few things. Um, you know, I've, and I have a number of more, a number of questions for Jeremy, but um, that communication of body language, tonality, and uh, words was pretty uh, mind-opening. It's pretty significant. And, yeah. and one of the things that I've known, I've known this for years, I studied communication in college and kind of got all this, hasn't changed much since then, except texting and email and things like that. But the idea that quite often the speaker is emphasizing the definition of words, but what the receiver is hearing is more about tonality and, and body language. And so it, it just makes the communication confusing that way because two different parties are, are focusing on two different aspects of it. That's another reason you got to be very careful with texting and emails only to clients. You <laughs> need to speak with them in person. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Emails can come across very wrong sometimes. So, uh, Tim, in your experience as a production manager, project manager, did you use DISC? You know, I think it's a really important uh, thing. And, and I've talked to a lot of companies about, you know, who should they hire? And I think Jeremy's dead on in that, you know, you can categorize it. And there are some like strengths and weaknesses that are better to have if you're going to be a project manager than a lead carpenter or a production manager. But the whole idea of it, you can do the job even if you have a different profile than somebody else, it's just a matter of adapting. And then I loved this idea of coaching up, you know, the whole, the whole thing where you go like, I know you're going to have difficulty with this. So my job as your manager is to coach you to be able to handle that uh, weakness that you might have. And, but it's something you still have to do. So I really like yeah. that, that point as well. Well, this is great. And we're going to get more into this in our next episode, but we will always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And we want to thank Jeremy Kelly for joining us today. And remember at the Tim Fowler show, we're working hard to eliminate. It is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.